0: An Algorithmic Bill of Rights. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Karthik Hosanagar, John C. Howard Professor of Technology and Digital Business at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome, Dr. Hosanagar.
1: Thank you for having me, Tanya.
0: Yes, of course. In fact, so kind of help our audience here. Give us a brief summary of your professional background and the work that you do.
1: I'm a professor of technology and digital business at the Wharton School. So what that means is that I study how uh, the digital economy affects consumers, business, and society. So I look at how uh, technology, online technologies affect choices we make. I look at uh, how they affect how businesses should be run. And more recently, I've been looking at how uh, data and algorithms can help businesses and consumers make better decisions.
0: You proposed introducing an Algorithmic bill of rights, if you will. What brought you to the point where you thought that something like this is actually necessary?
1: Yeah, I've been doing research on uh, what I call algorithmic decision making, which is the idea that there's software algorithms that can use data to make decisions for us or about us. So, for example, you know, you go to Amazon or Netflix. There are algorithms that saying, "Hey, people who bought this also bought that," or maybe you should be watching this show, um, and similarly. Uh, There are algorithms used by uh, companies to make decisions like what stocks to invest in or which job applicants to invite for interviews and so on. And most of these algorithms uh, create a lot of value for us in our personal or our professional lives. But also my research shows that there are ways in which these algorithms can go wrong. And as they become more and more autonomous and they start to make more and more important decisions for us, like uh, approving our credit uh, or loan applications, uh, deciding which uh, treatments a uh, doctor chooses for any patient, as they make these important decisions, uh, there are ways in which these algorithms can go wrong as well. Um, and, and there can be big consequences from that. So you could have stock market crashes, and we've had those in the past because of uh, algorithmic trading. you have had uh, examples of gender and race biases in certain algorithms. So we need some checks and balances to make sure we get the value from algorithms but it doesn't wreak havoc in some way. So that's what led me to propose the algorithmic Bill of Rights.
0: Describe the Bill of Rights concept and who are the beneficiaries?
1: Yeah, the Bill of Rights, it's a relatively straightforward idea that I actually borrow from the U.S. Constitution, which has a Bill of Rights. Um, And in fact, the story is that I happen to be uh, at the Constitution Hall in Philadelphia um, and uh, sort of going through The history of the US Constitution and uh, was really intrigued by how some of the founding fathers were worried about that they're creating a government that is so powerful and that citizens would have no rights or protections. And so they proposed a Bill of Rights to provide them protections. And today, I think one of the really powerful forces that are affecting our lives and can potentially impact us negatively if we are not careful is the technology that is so pervasive in our lives. And so the Bill of Rights is essentially a way for uh, consumers to get some basic protections and a set of principles that I recommend firms to use when they're deploying algorithms in socially consequential settings. So certainly I'm not saying every algorithm needs to have a Bill of Rights around it. But when you use algorithms for uh, criminal sentencing decisions, for Uh, loan approval decisions or for doctors making diagnosis, you need a few checks and balances. And so the checks and balances that I propose are around uh, transparency, helping consumers understand what data are being used when algorithms are making decisions for us or about us uh, and how the algorithm works. It's around control. So uh, an ability to be able to say that, Hey, I don't want algorithms for this kind of decision or uh, to be able to say that an algorithm is making an incorrect decision and to be able to appeal the decision. Um, and also, uh, when a- companies are using algorithms in socially consequential settings, have some basic testing or audit requirements that they have to uh, fulfill before they deploy them.
0: Those are the four main pillars I think you described, correct? Correct.
1: That's right. That's right. And within the pillars, you can think about, you know, when I said transparency, there's pillar one is transparency around data. So that's a description of what kind of data were used to make decisions. So if you applied for a job, it would be useful to know that your Facebook profile was uh, perhaps uh, scraped and somebody's come up with a score based on that. uh, And we might not know that. Um, And transparency around algorithm is again, knowing what factors Uh, went into a certain decision. So if your credit application was denied, sometimes we won't even know, um, you know, that an algorithm was used. So just letting us know that an algorithm was used and a simple explanation around what drove that decision. So that's the second pillar. A third pillar is around control. And so control can be as simple as uh, just a simple feedback loop from the user to back to the algorithm. And you look at Facebook, I mentioned, Facebook's uh, newsfeed, and Facebook had this problem of fake news uh, fake news on its newsfeed uh, that has been in the news uh, a lot over the last few years. Now, when it originally came up around the 2017 uh, elections, Facebook, uh, you know, a lot of people were complaining that they have fake news in their newsfeed, but there was no way to inform Facebook's algorithms that, hey, you're sen- sending a lot of fake news in my newsfeed. Today, With just two clicks, you can alert the newsfeed algorithm and say, this particular post is either false news or it's violent and so on. And that's control, that's feedback loop from the user back to the algorithm. And the last uh, pillar in there is about testing and auditing the systems, uh, which is also important. Uh, One of the other things I mentioned in my book, which is called A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence, is these are about rights, but also we all have some duties as well. And the uh, the most important duty is about education and being informed. All of us are so passive with how we use technology. And being active implies understanding and taking the trouble to understand how these systems we use work. How does Facebook work? How does Google work? How's it driving my decisions? And that's important to have control over how technology affects us.
0: Dr. Kartik Hosanagar, John C. Howard Professor of Technology and Digital Business at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. If somebody wants to find out more about these Bill of Rights, or maybe they want to get a copy of your book or just connect with you, how can they do that?
1: Yes, people can connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is K-Hosanagar. that's K-H-O-S-A-N-A-G-A-R. You can find out more information about me and the Bill of Rights and the book on my website, which is www.hosanagar.com. And of course, the book itself can be uh, obtained from Amazon and many other online and offline bookstores.
0: Thanks again, Kartik, for joining us and telling us more about this. Um, And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.